200 years from now, what will people remember of you? Well, it could be what you've written. Welcome to the Unmasked Life Podcast, a podcast to help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential. And now your host, Matt Manny. Hey, this is Matt Manny with the Unmasked Life Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me for episode number four, How to Develop a Habit of Daily Journaling. Thanks so much for joining me. As we jump in, we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, some recap and talk about some things as far as uh, the podcast goes. And uh, just if you just started listening, just some reminders what the podcast is all about, my goal to help you. And then we'll jump in and talk about the daily uh, journaling process, the daily devotional journey. If you're a Christian and you've been around the, the church Christian scene for any length of time, you probably heard this terminology, what it means to have devotions and to have devotional uh, habit. The goal for our podcast is to be able to leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential. And our goal is to be able to do that in three different areas, specifically in dealing with our relationships and how we connect. First of all, how we relate to ourselves, how we see ourselves. And so the very second podcast, we talked about our personalities and how we understand ourselves and relate to ourselves. And then the second area is in how we relate to other people and our relationships to our family, coworkers, friends, our uh, loved ones. And we really discussed a lot about how to deal with different personalities that are unlike ours in episode number three. And then our last goal is to be able to understand our relationship with Jesus Christ and really how to cultivate and how to understand how to how to see that Jesus is, there's a relationship there. Jesus is real to us, not just uh, the guy hanging on the cross or the one that we worship around Easter time, uh, but to see and understand who Jesus is and how what he's done for us can truly impact our lives even today and making our lives better, and making us better at life. So as we're going to jump in, I want to start off with just a story, and then we'll get into some real practical things. I've got uh, some tips and tricks on the process of journaling. If you don't like to journal, how to try to overcome that, um, and how to kind of work that into your schedule. How to take journaling if you want to really spend some time at length, what to do. If you don't like to journal very long, how to kind of compact that. If you like the digital type of journaling. We'll talk about some of that as well. And then even we'll talk about to the point of uh, working on a project right now with developing a YouTube channel. I've already got several videos uh, uploaded and ready to go on how to actually do some social media posts that are incorporated um, kind of an outflow really of your daily devotional time, maybe even your journaling time. A couple of uh, months ago, a friend and I, we got together for lunch, and we were sitting down and just talking about different stuff, and they had explained to me in the course of the conversation, one of the things that came up was they said, I just, I feel far from God. I feel like I'm just disconnected. I don't have any direction, and they had grown up in a church setting. They had gone to a Christian school and basically shared with me they're kind of just stuck, that there was nothing really there in their relationship with Jesus. And then we kind of talked through some things, and I had just a couple questions, and we kind of kind of uh, discussed some possibilities and things to encourage them. And then about a week or so after that, I got another phone call, or another contact, a phone call this time from a friend, and we were talking about their job situation and how things were going with their family. And in the course of the conversation, they brought up the fact that they just felt far from God as well. And 
the uncanniness of having these two different times uh, so close together kind of just was like, wow, this seems like it's a struggle, it's a problem. As I've pastored and as I've talked through things with uh, people in my church, in my past previous uh, ministry positions, one of the constant factors that I've come across is seeing how people really struggle to know what to do when it comes to connecting to God. It's tough because we'll preach about it in church, you'll hear about it on Sunday, you, you and I, we kind of know in our, in, our, in our soul that there's a need for reading the Bible and prayer, because that's a Sunday school answer. Uh, that fix, how do, you, how do you figure out world peace? The Bible and prayer. And how do you uh, get married? The Bible and prayer. So <laughs> every, everything kind of revolves around that same idea, but, but how does that work? So let's, let's pull away the Christianese, let's pull away all the theoretical, and let's get some nuts and bolts things down. For me, the whole process of journaling started years and years and years ago uh, when I was about in the sixth grade. My folks had gotten me this little like devotional kit, these little booklets, um, and basically they would ask questions, they would give little uh, anecdotes and tell me what to read for the Bible, and then I would kind of jot down my answers in these little notebooks. Well, at one point, I kind of uh, got the sense, and just because my pastor was really great at uh, preaching the Bible, uh, for sermons, um, if you if you go to a church and you've got a pastor that gives out notes, I give out notes in our church. I give fill-ins. Well, my pastor, growing up as a kid, he gave uh, he'd have stacks of paper sitting at the end of the pew, and you'd pick up a set of notes, and it was literally a sheet of eight and a half by eleven, single spaced, double sided, and there'd be a staple in the top because you would have on average anywhere from eleven or eight to eleven sheets of paper. So that's anywhere from 16 to 22 pages of information for the notes for that Sunday. And so some of it obviously was scriptures that were all written out. A lot of it was just, you know, some things like copy and paste from uh, um, uh, commentaries that he was speaking on, speaking from. But that was my kind of understanding. That's how you connect to God. So early on as a kid, I can remember getting up early in the morning and taking a verse of the Bible and getting a little notebook and then looking up in a Strong's Concordance uh, which is uh, uh, Strong's Concordance is basically a book that has all the words that would be used in the Bible. Old Testament, it would be Hebrew, so it has alphabetically listed all the Old Testament words in Hebrew. And then in the New Testament is in Greek, and so it had all the New Testament words alphabetized in the Greek. And so you can go ahead and uh, look up words. There's also a lexicon uh, that I would use, and you'd actually look up words in English that would correspond, and it would say, okay, this is what it is in the Greek or the Hebrew. So even as a kid, I'd study those things out, and I can remember, just for weird, for weird sake, uh, I remember, I remember just looking up the word "the." I don't know why, it's just it's stupid, but going through that process and trying to understand and study. On on the other hand, uh, that I kind of would jot down notes and thoughts, but I remember even more so journaling, just you know, like a diary more so than a journal, and it would be things like, I like this girl, and this is how I'm feeling about school, and I'm nervous, and I didn't make the soccer team, or I didn't, this didn't work out well for me, uh, just writing down my thoughts and feelings, I love this song, this is my new mixtape, um, this is who I'm going to the high school banquet with, that kind of stuff, uh, but what I found was that the practice and habit of journaling was so amazing, because there's times when you would just put down your thoughts, and it became this very intimate uh, this very intimate setting, this very um, close um, um, process, and what I was finding was that I'm actually I'm actually uh, doing double duty here for just a minute while I'm getting stuck. Um, I'm just typing in some thoughts here. 
and want to see if I can pull up some graphs about how we learn. Um, and if I don't have time to be able to pull it up, um, actually, my goal is to be able to put this graph into your notes about how we learn. But anyway, all that to say, one of the things that I've found in understanding was that um, this writing process, I could go back in these journals that I had as a kid. I still have them today. I, I loved uh, it was my memories, and it was very much a self-evaluation and looking at life. And it was really process. I was really processing what was going on. You take in information, and then you write it down. And as you're writing down that process of writing down those thoughts and emotions, and as you're reading them, and even if you read things out loud, you can go ahead and, and really break down what is going on here. What am I seeing clearly? What am I not seeing clearly? Have you ever had somebody approach you or something happen and you take the thoughts that you've been thinking, you actually say them out loud. And as soon as you say them out loud, you think, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't believe that's what I said or that's what I'm thinking. Or if somebody asks a very, uh, just a very um, a penetrating question and they get your thoughts on something and you say, well, this is my thought on this issue. And all of a sudden you realize, boy, I just said it. And it's like something, something uh, switches or trips in your mind. You think, oh, okay. And it's just the process of talking things out. Well, journaling is the same concept. As we write things down, we begin to understand and internalize truths. When you think about the Bible, really is is a compilation of people's journals. It's really a compilation of people writing down their thoughts. Now, some of it are historical writings for accuracy and for keeping records of things. But think about the whole book of Psalms. It's just a collection of poetry. And really, the poetry are the thoughts and feelings and emotions of these writers, of David and of Asaph, and of uh, Moses wrote one of the Psalms, and King Solomon possibly wrote a Psalm as well. The sons of Korah wrote some of the Psalms. You think about Proverbs, or our collection of sayings. It's really uh, just a, um, a, a journal of sorts of all these different sayings that have been collected together. And so as you go throughout the Bible, you realize that writing was so much an important part of understanding truth, of internalizing truth, and being able to communicate uh, truth from God to us and be able to understand life. Even in the New Testament, I think as well, uh, just about Paul um, uh, writing his letters and, and sharing with the people what was going on in his life and how to help them. So as you're thinking about journaling, a couple different problems come to mind, a couple different issues. We'll start off with some issues and then we'll talk about uh, some real practical how-to. Some people say, I don't like to write. Uh, I don't think uh, journaling is worth my time. I don't have time for journaling. I don't know what to journal. Those are all great questions, so we're going to kind of take them um, issue by issue and really kind of dive into them here um, as we go through. So the first issue we think about, well, I don't like to journal. W one of the things that you find, and I even have found this in life, is the things that you don't like, whether it was as a kid, you're eating uh, Brussels sprouts or vegetables or different things. I remember my dad had this, he loved Swiss cheese, couldn't stand Swiss cheese. Uh, my dad would have a made a you know a hoagie ham and cheese hoagie with some mayo and put some uh, pickles and uh, put on there some uh, sweet peppers or some hot peppers and then he'd have Swiss cheese on there and some good mustard. As soon as I tasted the Swiss cheese, it was just this just kind of you know foot fungus kind of kind of taste. And I don't know you don't you can't really trust the cheese that has holes in it. But now as an adult, I love Swiss cheese. It, it really it grew on me. And you'd think about other things in your life that just becomes an acquired taste, and you eventually develop an aptitude and a taste for things. I really believe journaling is the same way. You think about the fact that you can journal and you can write something down, and I've, I've heard this said, that the strongest memory cannot be compared 
to the to the smallest pencil. The most that you can ever remember, if if you think about it, over time your memory really wanes on you. But you can write things down and have it for uh, forever. Another great um, uh, byproduct of, of journaling is that it's something for as morbid as it sounds. After you die, your kids have these thoughts and these uh, ideas, and especially when you're journaling about the Bible, um, your kids have this record of, or, or even friends have a record of what God was doing in your life. So for some people, they say, I just don't have the time. Well, that again, I encourage you, you, you make time for whatever's important to you. So if you want to um, watch the news, you know, we get up early to watch the news. If you want to make it on time to work, and you, but you want to get a cup of coffee, we make time for those things that are really important to us. And so I've heard some people, and they say, they make this case, well, I am just so busy. Well, we got to take a step back and get a little bit of perspective and say, listen, if I am so busy that I don't have the time to, to get with God in the morning and to read the Bible, then I'm just too busy. And it's to the point that my schedule and all these other events that are taking precedent over, over connecting with God, then I've really got some mismanaged priority and mismanaged my time. And if I don't have the margin in my schedule to be able to spend just a little bit of time with God, whether I, I recommend, highly recommend starting it off in the morning. Some people do it at the lunch break. Some people do it, you know, um, when they get home at night. But my thing is get it in early in the day because the rest of the day you figure is going to crowd out that time. I don't know what your evening schedule might be like, but sometimes we come home, we get tired, we get busy with kids or with just uh, social media or different things. And so it really crowds out that time. But early in the morning before the day really gets going to spend that time. So make it a priority. I've had times where I didn't spend time with God and I felt guilty throughout the day because I kind of knew, like I kind of committed to God that I was going to do this thing. And then that night I read a verse or or a passage of scripture. And I thought, man, I could have used this today because I, I totally blew my testimony or I got upset or angry or I said something I shouldn't have. And so if I would have got it in early, it would have really helped me. Uh, some people say, well, I don't like the process of writing things down or I, I can't write legibly or whatever the issue might be. Uh, there's all kinds of answers digitally, even to the fact of using um, just your notes app on your phone or on your digital device, or even just jotting down notes on on a word processor on your computer. Just having these things where you can just, just record what you're thinking, what God is teaching you. And then we think about, and people say, well, um, how much time do I have to give to it? Well, the process of journaling is really about personal growth. And so even if you just give a little bit of time to it, it'll help give you some sustenance to take you through the day. When it comes to reading the Bible, if people say, well, what do I do? Do I read a whole book of the Bible? No, you just eat just a little bit, just consume a little bit. And and I'll talk more about this as we go along, but you just consume enough that it encourages you until you get something you can take with you for your day. It's the same thing uh, for some people. They get up in the morning and they'll do a granola bar. Um, and maybe a cup of juice, and that that gets them rolling for the day, or a cup of coffee. Other people, they get up, and they make a really nice breakfast with pancakes and bacon and fruit cup and orange juice and water, and they have all this stuff ready to go to make this just this full-blown feast. So however much time, whatever you like to do, um, the point is, is that you're consuming something from the Word of God, and really the facilitation of that is through the process of journaling. So with that thought in mind, journaling, we're going to talk about is a couple different factors. The concept that we're going to talk about specifically, it's uh, a method a method that it's it's nothing new. It's not original to man and I, but basically, um, the journaling 
uh, that I'm going to explain to you is just components that my wife and I actually, Amanda, that we've put together, and I should actually, um, I want to have her on the podcast here in the future and, and talk through her journal- journaling process, why she does what she does, and really get her some of her thoughts and insight. So there's there's two two major components to this journaling process. The first component is prayer, to really get your heart set. The second component is the Bible reading portion. So with this first component of prayer, uh, what I'm going to actually do, and I'll have in the show notes a link to um, a basically like a print-off sheet that's actually an example page that I'm actually I'm sitting here looking at a journal that we've printed and produced through um, our church ministry through Greater Philly Church that Amanda uses every day, I use every day. Um, and so it's just basically something that facilitates and keeps me accountable. The days that I miss, I can look through my journal and I'll see, oh, I missed a day there, or I can see, oh, I've been so consistent. And so at the top of the journal page, there is today's date, uh, day and date. And so you just write down the day, and then we've got the date that we jot in there. So you can print off from online this sample sheet, or you can even just uh, take notes, and I'll actually have these point by point in the show notes for you so that you can go ahead and just get a piece of paper or you can go to like Barnes and Noble and get a really nice one of those leather bound journals or you can even go to like Staples or to like Walmart or Target and get like a 50 cent you know spiral bound note uh, uh, like notebook paper um, kind of thing and you can just jot down on like a um, one of those composition books, maybe. So whatever you want to use, or even you can just do it, like I said before, you can put it on your phone, or you can just type these things out on your word processor. So start off with the date, and then the next section is my prayer time. In my prayer time, this first component is split up into three parts. The first part is my praises, three reasons to rejoice in the Lord today. The second part is my confession, what sin is keeping me from drawing close to God. And the third part is my request, what God has laid on my heart to ask of himself. So we'll go back through and just review these briefly, and then we'll get on to the really the Bible study portion of journaling. With this part of journaling, with the prayer time, this really gets our thoughts going. And this, with the first component here, my prayer time, we have these various parts. The first part is my praise. The encouragement is, to be thankful, to be grateful. There's an immense amount of, of um, scientific research on the need for gratitude journals, or for being grateful, for being thankful about how it's healthy, about how it helps with relationships, about how it impacts our out- outlook and view on life. And so the goal here is just to write down three things that we're thankful for. So just an example from an entry that I wrote just recently, I say thank, uh, I just wrote down, thank you for a brand new day for an awesome family day that we recently had where we were able to get out with the kids and do some fun stuff. A date night that I had with Amanda. Um, Thank you, God, for being patient with me and for teaching me. And so that's just what I wrote. You can just write about, if if you say, like, what do I do? I just get stuck. Just look around whatever room, wherever you're at. Um, You see birds outside. Thank you for the birds. If you see there's food on the table, thank you for food. If you're in a room that's air-conditioned or heated, Thank you for the heating or for the air conditioning. You look down, you got clothes on. Thank you, God, for my clothes. You just start there, some basic areas. But as you begin to thank God, it all of a sudden, it kind of, it's like when you get a car or you, you something, uh, you get a, a book or you eat at a restaurant that you really like. And all of a sudden, you have this tendency, that car that you just bought or the car that you really want, now you all you can see are the, are the cars that are like that, which you never really noticed before. Or you eat at a restaurant that you're really enjoying, you think, oh man, this is so good. And then all of a sudden, you're looking for the other restaurants um, for that same restaurant chain wherever you go. 
And so you begin to see life and process life through this lens of gratitude, of things that we can be thankful for. Especially when you're going through a rough time, a rough patch, it's really important to go ahead and develop this because this is, to me, this is the hope that pulls us through the desperate times and the times we struggle, is to have an attitude that says, I am thankful even in the midst of all that I'm going through. One of my favorite verses of Scripture is found in Habakkuk, and it's the end, uh, it's the last chapter of Habakkuk, a few verses from the from the end. And basically, Habakkuk's writing, and he says, even though there's no cattle in the stalls, there's no hay in the field, there's no grapes on the vine, the harvest has been destroyed, everything is just going wrong in my life, he says, but yet I'm going to joy and rejoice in my God. I'm going to choose joy. And the great thing is that uh, being rejoicing, uh, rejoicing and being thankful and being grateful, it's a choice. It's not the uh, the byproduct of happy circumstance. That's just ha- that's happiness is, is by happenstance. That's the root word for happiness. It's based on our happenings on what happens to us. But gratitude and joy really can be an outflow. It's a response to life. It's how we view life that uh, we can be thankful no matter what's happening. And so this really develops helps us develop and cultivate the skill of being grateful. The second part to this first component of prayer time is my confession. What sins keeping me from drawing close to God? Uh, there's a psalm written by David, and he says, if I regard sin in my heart that God is not going to hear me, that there's going to be this wall that's set up uh, between me and God, kind of like the Great Wall of China. And so what we find is is that when there's not a confession, it's uh, in Proverbs as well, it talks about that who whoever doesn't confess and forsake will not prosper, they will not break through. And so the goal is, it's kind of like if you can imagine with me, there's a blackboard, and every time you sin... It's kind of like uh, there's a, a, a written you know, account of your sin. You just kind of put a check on the board or you kind of write down, oh, I messed up. And so confession is like taking a, an eraser and just wiping that chalkboard clean or that, that whiteboard clean and saying, okay, we got a clear, clean slate. And so each day we say and we pray, God, is there any sin that I've committed that's really keeping me from getting close to you? Any sin that's been uh, uh, I've done to other people unknowingly, God, would you bring into mind? If there's things that I should have done but I didn't do, sins of omission, would you show me? And so, just some examples, some things I've I've struggled with is just having a, having a fearful attitude and doubting and worrying that God is going to be good, or gossiping, or being mean, uh, or or taking out frustration on a man, or barking at the kids or at times making fun of somebody um, and being sarcastic or not doing something and helping somebody out when I should have. I'd encourage you too, you can get real personal and say, God, I've been struggling with this, this addiction issue. God, I've been struggling with um, pornography or I've been struggling with um, um, anger and I just fly off the handle or God, I've been unfaithful in my relationships or whatever the situation might be. And again, you say, but what if somebody gets a hold of my journal? Well, then put it in shorthand, just abbreviate or put it so you know what it is, but jot down. It's a chance just to get it off your heart and just put it put it out there. And then we find in the next com- the next part, the next com- um, of this component of the prayer time, the third part is this is the request. So our goal with this part with the request is that uh, what has God laid on your heart to ask of himself? And so a lot of times this is the part that everybody kind of loves. Everybody can really kind of wrap their wrap their hands around because we all know that as a child we grew up and we had the Christmas wish list. And so we kind of look at our this part of prayer as like, okay, this is my rub the lamp and I get my three wishes kind of thing. 
but this can, can, this can't be further from that that kind of idea, that kind of mentality. The goal with this of my request is saying, God, this is what I I need from you to be able to fill what you've called me to do in my role as uh, a child of God, first of all, as your child, and then whatever roles and responsibilities you have. So if you're a spouse or a father or a mother or a parent, if you're a coworker or an employee or an employer, whatever roles you fulfill in your life, the goal is to say, okay, God, help me fulfill this role today. And so really it's um, this chance to write down and say, Lord, I need wisdom for this situation today. Uh, a couple tips here. You can write down requests that are longstanding, things like something that you've been begging God for, maybe a prayer request for a friend for something that they're facing, whether it's a health issue, maybe it's for a financial situation you're facing yourself. Maybe you're jotting down just, Lord, I really need to see you break through in this situation in our family or in our church or in my job situation. And we constant, consistently bring it before the Lord. There's multiple different parables and stories that Jesus talks about throughout the Gospels about this need for a constantly, diligently, repeatedly bringing up these things before God to say, God, this is really important to me. This is something I'm begging you for to work out and do and change my life. In a Psalm, Psalm 37 talks about that uh, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, that He will give us the desires of our heart. And sometimes people take that verse and it's kind of like a uh, health, wealth, prosperity kind of uh idea that, boy, if you just delight in God, and if you just get close to God, then God will give you whatever you want. But the idea there, which is really interesting, is that if we delight in God, that He will give us these desires from our hearts. And the understanding the word delight there means to be molded and shaped by God. And so if you think in your mind of trying to get aligned, that there's God is fixed, He's in a fixed position, and you are in a movable position, and it's not God getting in line with you and your plan. It's not God getting on your page, but it's you getting in line with God. It's me getting on God's page and saying, okay, God, this is where I see you working, especially to be able to ask requests for other people and intercede. The word intercession or intercede means to pray on others' behalf and to ask God for things for other people and to watch God work. And so this process, again, it's the prayer is me talking to God. It's me, uh, even I would go as far as to say that you can pray and say, God, I don't even know what to ask from you. Would you lay on my heart what I need to ask from you? And then just be silent for a moment and see what God lays on your heart. Now, with this whole process with prayer, whether it's the praise, it's the confession or the request, with this whole thing, you go through and you write down these things. And then uh, once you're done writing, then you just go back to the top and then just kind of talk down through and pray and say, okay, here's what I'm going to pray through and just say, God, I, I wrote this down, and, and pray for uh, this day today and what, what's going to happen. Another uh, thing, and this is just a side note, by the way, before we move on to the next portion, I would, I would write down your, your day in that, God, this morning I'm going to be driving into work, and give me safety as I go, and I'm going to have a meeting at 8.30, and so I'm going to be uh, uh, seeing this person. I've got this project that's due today. God, I've got lunch with a friend and I know they've got a burden on their heart. Help me to have wisdom and what to say to them. And then, God, we've got the soccer game this afternoon with my kids. Or, Lord, I've got a date tonight that I'm going on, and I don't know how it's going to go. Or I, I really have uh, this this thing i got to get done. Or, God, today I'm just, uh, this evening I'm looking to crash, and I'm tired. And please give me wisdom for how to spend <laughs> spend my time wisely. And so you kind of pray through your day and bathe your day in prayer. Uh, Psalm or Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 talks about commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. 
Sometimes if you find yourself saying, well, I don't know what to do, uh, I just don't know what to, th- to even think about things, pray through your day, and then the Bible gives us this principle that God will help you to establish establish thoughts. Not only is it just good to pray through, but then you can actually thinking through your day so you don't head headlong into your day without kind of thinking things through. That's the first component is your prayer time. The second component then is the Bible time. And with the second component, again, there's three parts to this. This Bible time uh, portion, now you're going to really transition and look, you've been speaking to God, you've been praying to God, talking to God. Now you're looking for God to speak to your heart and to communicate principles and truths to you to help you for your day, to help change you. The goal with this uh, overarching goal with doing your journaling is to say, God, I don't want to stay stagnant as a person. We've all met people that have basically got stuck. They have certain attitudes and mindsets and perceptions, preconceived notions that really you can tell based on their maturity level, they may be in, in the, the physical maturity of a 50-year-old woman, but they have the maturity. You can tell they kind of got stuck back in their early 20s where they, you know, the mindset of a 20-year-old. And so you might even have somebody who's, you know, a 30-year-old man or a 40-some-year-old man, but he really has the mindset he just likes to kind of goof off and play and not really take things serious or responsible. As you can see, maybe he got stuck back in his teenage years. You can see people maybe even who got hurt by somebody in their past, and so they just carry around this chip on their shoulder. The only way for us to be transformed and changed, I believe, based on what the Bible tells us and just even looking at life, is through this constant daily, these course corrections of spending time reading God's Word. Romans chapter 8, uh, 28, we know it's a classic verse of Scripture that says that that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to God's purpose. But a lot of times we stop short because the very next verse says that whom he did foreknow, he did also that he knows us and that he pre-planned or predestinated us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, to, to look like to resemble Jesus Christ in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, talks about presenting ourselves to God as this living sacrifice, saying, God, do with me whatever you want to do. And in verse 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love those words, not only because they kind of have the ending kind of rhymes, conform, transform, but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so how do we change our heart? How do we change our behavior? Well, our, our behavior is dictated to us by our beliefs. If you say, well, what does somebody, what does somebody um, really believe? Look at their behavior, and they'll tell you what they believe. Our, our uh, the philosophy of life is really going to come through in how we act and how we uh, say things and what we do and how um, we process life and our goals and aspirations and what we want from life is really going to come through um, our behavior will reflect our beliefs and our philosophy of life. So with that in mind, we come then and we say, well, how do we change this? Well, it's by getting the Word of God into us. Hebrews says that the Word of God is is uh, powerful and sharp like a two-edged sword, that it can divide between the joints and marrow. I don't know the last time that you, you know, popped your elbow and <laughs> felt the joints um, creak and have some hurt, but those the idea there is just this minute precision marrow that's deep in the bones, having the capacity to cut and, and you know, I don't like I don't like talking about this kind of stuff, but you can imagine from a surgeon's scalpel to be able to slice that precise, it's an amazing capacity. And that is what the Bible has the power to do in your life, to be able to reveal things to you and show you 
James talks about looking into the perfect law of liberty, that it's like a mirror revealing to us what needs to change in our lives so that we can go ahead and be conformed to the image of Christ and be transformed in our mind, in our thinking. So with this Bible reading portion, the first part is my reading, what passage did I read? The second part is my observations, what did I read about? And the third part is my takeaway, what did I learn that I can apply to my day today? That's really the call to action. So the first part is my reading. What passage did I read today? I would encourage you, um, for some people do Bible reading programs, and it's super easy, but if you just read the Bible and you stop there, that's not journaling. That's really, you know, I read the newspaper, and it maybe tells me what the weather's like today. It tells me about the political um, situations in other countries, but it really doesn't impact my day and doesn't impact my beliefs in life, other than maybe I'll take an umbrella with me out the front door because it's supposed to be raining today. But a lot of people read the Bible just like I'm just punch, doing a punch card. You know, I'm getting my dance card punched. I'm just putting my time in, and I, I feel good because I did something. But what are you learning? What are you processing? What are you taking away? And how is it that, that there's there's people in life where uh, we have uh, Christians where you say, like, I know the Bible, but it really hasn't impacted me. Um, I, I know the Bible, but it hasn't really gotten deep into my soul and changed me and transformed me. Well, this process starts when we begin to really internalize these truths. So what do you do with Bible reading? A couple different things you can do for Bible reading. I would encourage you, at least at the very most, if you're a beginner with this, take a proverb a day. It's a super simple, really simple tip. If you've heard of this before, hang in there. i got some other ideas for you. But if you don't have a Bible reading plan or any kind of journaling plan, Whatever day, like today that I'm recording this, is the 20th of this month. So I would read Proverbs 20, and I did that actually today as a part of my Bible reading program. And so you read the proverb for that day and say, well, how much of of it do I read? Well, if you're up for it and you can handle the whole proverb, read the whole chapter. I won't kill you. You can get through it. Uh, You say, "But, but how do I get something from that? Well, my, my recommendation is read until something catches your eye. Read until something makes sense or clicks or you have the light bulb moment or the aha or you say, oh, that's something that's, that's good, um, good, and it really strikes a chord with you. Uh, other uh, recommendations for reading would be to read through the Gospels. There are narratives, and so if you want to read great stories from the Bible, a great place to start would be the Gospels as you read about Jesus' life. Uh, other things to read that would be really helpful. James is kind of like Proverbs in the New Testament. If you're an emotional person, if you have high highs and low lows, I would encourage you to read through the Psalms. The Psalms are great words of poetry that really encourage us. Uh, some great Psalms right off the top of my head that I can think of are good places to go. Psalm 1, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Great information there. Uh, really thought-provoking things. Psalm 23 is another good one. Psalm 19 as well is a great verse on uh, on talking about um, loving God. Uh, psalm 119 is a really long psalm, but it's all about the Word of God. It's about 175 or 176 verses, but it's a great psalm on understanding how to, to cleanse your way by taking heed and according to the Word of God. Psalm 118 uh, verse 17 talks about that. Um, Psalm 51 is David's Psalm of Confession. If you know David, in his later years, he committed adultery. He killed the husband of the woman that he committed adultery with. He lost a child. He was confronted by his, uh, basically by his pastor, by a prophet named um, Nathan. And so he writes these words after the fact of repenting 
In Psalm 51, he says, God, please forgive me. And he says, make my heart anew. Psalm 73 was written by a guy by the name of Asaph who says, God, how is it that I've been working my tail off doing right, and yet people are breaking the rules, breaking the laws, and they're seemingly being blessed? It doesn't make sense. And so he just really presents these these difficulties, and then he comes through and says, but this is how, God, you've been faithful. So the Psalms have some fantastic encouragements for our soul. Um, Other places to look, Judges are really exciting to read through the book of Joshua, lots of good stories. Jonah is a great little uh, narrative to to read through about how learning compassion and what it means to uh, repent and the forgiveness of God. Uh, We go to the New Testament, again, some great insight uh, from things like thinking through uh, some of the epistles, like Galatians uh, talks about how you don't have to worry about legalism and um, um, doing things just because uh, we're trying to find favor with God, that we've already found favor with God. Uh, great chapters uh, from Romans would be cha- Romans chapter 8 or Romans chapter 12, really great insight. So those are just some recommendations. Version is a Bible app that you can use that can kind of guide you through this process that gives you basically uh, starters for uh, different Bible reading programs that you can look at on the Uversion app for your digital device. Then we go from there. You jot down, you just read through something, read until something catches your eye, and then you say, my observations, what did I read about? What was it that I was reading about? And so when you jot down, just to make it real simple, I write down, I just pick one verse, and then write that verse down in my journal so I can actually look at it and kind of pull it apart. And then when I jot down that that verse, those words that that kind of caught my eye, then I basically go through this this uh, quick just application kind of thing uh, to think through. A great tool is the word specs, S-P-E-C-S. It's uh, basically uh, each word, a letter stands for a word and kind of something that we can apply to our lives. So specs is S stands for sin to confess. Is there something that I read here that is a sin that I can com- need to confess? Something that's in my life that's between me and God. P is a promise to claim that I read about a uh, verse of scripture that says, fear not for I'm with thee, be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I'll help thee, I'll uphold thee with my right hand of righteousness. So is there a promise to claim? E is an example to follow or avoid. Uh, looking at Jonah, he ran from God. God wanted him to do something. He had a calling on his life and he ran the other way. So that's an example I should avoid. We think about Jesus Christ, incredible example to follow, having compassion on people and helping people, loving people. Uh, letter C is a command to obey. Something I find from Scripture, you think about Matthew chapter 23, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the great commandment. Love God and love people just as you would love yourself. So how can I better love God today, and how can I better love people today? And then the last S is a significant truth to apply. Is there some truth from the Scriptures that I can say this really um, is helpful to me? Something like uh, I mentioned before, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, to be transformed with the renewing of your mind and say, God, today I want to apply this truth. I want to renew my mind, and so I'm going to think about things that are positive. Philippians 4, uh, uh, 4, 6 says, don't be anxious for anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. Philippians 4, 8 says, here's what you need to be thinking about. Whatsoever things are true, pure, lovely, of good report, whatsoever things are are not corrupt or the Bible describes as undefiled, think on those things. And so that's a truth to be able to apply to your life. Um, I would also encourage you to have a dictionary. 
handy to be able to define any words. So if you come across a word, you say, I really don't understand that. Um, I love, I, I uh, just out of practice and out of habit, I use the King James. And so Webster's 1828, it's an old dictionary, but it explains some of those bigger um, words some uh, that are found there sometimes. And it's amazing because it gives some really great insight and some of the definitions of these words say, here's an example, and it actually uses the Bible and the verses to give examples of how this word is used. But I would encourage you, use a, use a dictionary, something that's really handy to go ahead and look up this word. As a part of this process, and I'll, I'll save this for another uh, another podcast, but actually talk through how to do Bible study. So this is just for journaling, but how to do Bible study. I'll just give you a quick some teasers for it. When you're using this, uh, what's my observation? What am I reading about? Take the verse and the bigger words in the verse. Go ahead and get your dictionary and define those. So just jot those words down and then jot a short description or short definition next to it. Then you want to go back into your verse and reread the verse, but put the definition in there and to see if you can clarify what this verse is, the the personal ownership that you can have by understanding the Bible. When you write in there, this is what this word uh, best uh, looks like for me. This is what makes sense to me. This is what I'm learning here. This is what uh, God is teaching me. All of a sudden, you begin to really take ownership as you uh, use uh, what I call terminology called dissect to pull it apart and then define those words. Then when we talk about this, um, the next step is to be able to do the takeaway. And the takeaway is this, what did I learn that I can apply to my day today? So you've got your specs, uh, what you read about. So sin to confess, promise to claim, example to follow or avoid, uh, a commandment to obey, and then a significant truth to apply. And then you basically say, okay, what am I going to do today? And so um, I'm thinking through, and I'm just looking real quick here at my devotional takeaway for today when I was uh, looking at my devotions um, and actually thinking through things. Part of my devotion was Psalm 23 about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And as a part of my Bible reading today, I actually do a kind of a like a devotional thought starter that I use from version as well. So that's another key you can actually use as a part of your journaling. You can use a brief devotional. So YouVersion has all these great devotionals. And so not just are you going to read the devotional, but then as well, this is kind of like a bo- dropping a bonds. So this is the big, the big reveal, big surprise that you journal in, in um, uh, as well, along with your devotional reading, maybe that you use from YouVersion. So in my devotional reading today, um, the person that was writing the devotional was saying about there's the valley of the shadow of death, but there's also the valley of the shadow of debt and discouragement uh, the valley of the shadow of um, of, of uh, financial problems and of of uh, lack of hope in these different situations, and so I just jotted down that God, I need to trust you in the valley of the shadow of discouragement when I'm uh, ready to give up. That you know what I should do, and so when my spirit is overwhelmed within me, that God, you know my path. From Psalm uh, one forty two verse three is another uh, was a part of what I was reading today. So God walks with me through those valleys, and to be able to realize that there are distractions that keep me from focusing on God when I'm in the midst of the valleys. And so I just jotted down some thoughts there and then committed this and said, God, please help me not to lose sight today, no matter what happens today, to not lose sight of you. With this, one of the other kind of kind of uh, um, tips that I use 
is at the bottom of this journal page example, this entry, I have my tasks, and then it's just a little boxed out portion with a bunch of lines. One of the things that I find that can be very distracting is things like, just be careful, especially if you're using a digital device, and I struggle with this all the time, and I, I break this rule. Sometimes I'll get doing my devotional study, and my journaling, and I'll, my mind will start to wander, amaze, amazed, uh, amazing that it happens. But my mind will start to wander, and then if I'm on my phone, I'll go and, oh, man, I wonder what that is. And so I'll go search something on the Internet, and then I'll end up watching a YouTube video, you know, or <laughs> whatever it might be. And so to try to stay focused, your goal is to say, okay, I'm going to jot down. If something comes to mind that I need to do, and it's amazing how much this happens, um, but I'll have thoughts, oh, I need, as I'm reading or as I'm writing something down, oh, I need to do that today. Like I need to grab batteries. Uh, a couple things that were were errands I have to run today, and they came to mind while I was journaling this morning. So I wrote those down at the bottom of my paper just so I don't forget and so I don't get distracted as well. So that's kind of the rundown for this whole, uh, these components. So there's the component of the prayer time of Three reasons to praise God, confession to um, to make to God about sin, and then request to ask of God. And then the second component is really that those uh, words, writing those things down of what you read, and then observer- observation, what you read about, and then your takeaway, how can I apply this to my life today? And then just that little tip at the tail end to be able to say, okay, I'm going to write down tasks that I have to get accomplished. So that's what, that's what I do. You say, oh, I, I don't, I don't, that's not my thing. That's no problem. But what do you do? Uh, if you've got a different system, fantastic, great. There's uh, different um, Bible study methods and tools out there. But whatever it might be, the goal is that you're engaging the Word of God. And I believe with all my heart, when you journal, you have a chance to see where you are and where you've come from. I'll say this about journaling. I've watched how God's brought me through mountaintop experiences and great victories, and I read and write about what God has done. And then inevitably, as I go through life and go through different seasons of life, God will take me through a season where it's the valley, like I just mentioned before, and it's discouraging and it's heartbreaking, and I wonder and say, God, where are you? And what God brings to my mind is, hey, why don't you go back and read about the blessings? Why don't you go back a couple months or maybe dig out that old journal that that you know you recorded that great mountaintop experience and read what I did in that last season. And what's so phenomenal is that as I go back and I read and realize that God is for me, that God loves me, that God cares about me, that God is with me, it gives me encouragement and strength for today. And it's hard. Uh, it's difficult to go through life being discouraged and being depressed at times, but as you go through life, God will bless and God will shape and God will change you and transform you. And if you don't have a written account, all you have is a very limited memory. But in the midst of going through a, a shadow valley uh, that's despondent and discouraging, you can go back and look in in ink on a paper or on your laptop on a file to say, this is what God did. And you can't argue with what God has done in the past. You can't argue with the testimony that God has performed, what God has done in the past, to be able to encourage you. So those are some of the things that I would encourage you with. As a a side note, I will say this, um, what I've uh, uh, taken to the next level then, and I share with my friend that one day as we were talking about doing devotions, uh, one of the other things I encourage people to do is if you have the time or the interest to do this, if you've ever been on social media on um, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, 
um, on Facebook, and you've seen people maybe post these really cool, or even Pinterest, these really cool um, quote or verse image graphics, especially version has a lot of these, um, these kind of graphics, and they look really cool. They have a really neat background, uh, a really beautiful picture, and then they have these words for the verse or for like a really cool quote. And if you've ever wondered and thought, man, that's so neat. Now, if you've done Facebook, you know that you can go ahead and just type in a few words and you can pick a background and make it look like, you know, white lettering or black lettering on, a, you know, a purple background or a rainbow background or whatever. But what if you wanted more control and had the capacity to actually create in just a few moments an eye-catching, inspirational, beautiful verse image that not only encourages your heart, but also is inspirational and encouraging to people on social media, to your friends and people that would uh, just find your uh, feed that come up in their Instagram post or the Twitter Twitter feed. And so uh, I've got a process, and it's called Social Media Mornings. It's a series of videos. You can go to YouTube to Matt Manny. I have a channel on YouTube. And you can just uh, type my name in, M-A-T-T-M-A-N-N-E-Y, and you can find these videos come up. There's a main video that's uh, how to post a verse, Bible verse image to Instagram, and then there's a three-part series on how to actually go ahead, and it breaks it down. You pick your quote or your whatever verse that you want to use, and so I show you through a, a process and show you on my um, iPhone uh, screen actually how to go through that process and pick your quote and then how to use a special app called Typorama that's free, and then how to pull the verse from version from your Bible app to Typorama to the uh, design app, and then the second step is how to actually create your picture that you're going to use, how to create the background, and what's some good tips and tricks for if you have a dark background, what color font should you use for the um, uh, for your font? If you've got a light background, what color should you use for your font then to contrast it to make so it's readable. There's also some really good effects, overlays, and filters that you can use on there as well as different fonts in the Typorama. And then the third step is actually how to go then once you have your image created, your picture created, how do you uh, go ahead and share your post to Instagram, to Twitter, to Facebook. And I I go through and show you specifically how to share uh, your post to Twitter, or uh, sorry, to, uh, to Instagram. So you can go ahead and encourage people. And what I'll guarantee you, I have uh, yet to have where I posted an image and, and the, the process and all the tools and stuff is right there for you. It's super easy. And I take you through the steps very clearly and you, I'll post a picture and people will respond back with either a thumbs up or a like or even comments at times that say, hey, thank you so much for this encouragement. I really needed this today. And what's amazing is you go on social media and there's so many, there's uh, trolls out there, there's angry, bitter, negative people who are cynical, who are critical, and there's so much bad negative stuff out there. But to be a force for good and for God to inspire people and to realize that your personal time with God can can go and, and be an incredible encouragement. And I'm not talking about this narcissistic stuff like, hey, look at the award that I won at work today. I'm not talking about, hey, look at my kid who got an honor roll at school. And that's fine if you win an award at work and you post it on Instagram, on fine. Like, great, good for you. I'm proud of you. But what about saying like, hey, here's something that God taught me in my journaling today, and here's a real basic, you know, uh, quote, or here's a verse that was really helpful to me, like uh, taking some of these things and saying, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path and you led me. Great encouragement for people who are maybe discouraged right now, 
The other thing, too, is you connect to God, and this is really what it boils down to. Journaling helps you connect to God. And then you take that content, how you connect it to God, and then that allows you that vertical connection, gives you a horizontal connection to connect with other people. And, and even going beyond social media to be able to share the next time you get together with a friend and you say, hey, can I just share with you something that encouraged me? As opposed to, hey, did you hear the latest news about so-and-so and this is, you know, all this just gossip or whatever, but that be positive and be inspirational and be encouraging to people in what you're, what you're learning from God and what he's doing in your life. Those are our tips and tricks for journaling. Um, it, it's really uh, simple, but it takes time. Again, I've been doing this for decades, since I was in uh, middle school, really, all the way up through journaling personally, writing down you know, diary kind of things, and then really heavy duty within the last 10 years, uh, getting this habit of studying the Bible and journaling and writing down my thoughts and a lot of what I do as a pastor, my counseling, my sermon illustrations and sermon thoughts and concepts, they come to me uh, and I get the content really and the idea and the th- seed thoughts really through my journaling time, my devotional time. And so whatever you're doing, if you're a pastor, I encourage you to do this. If you're uh, like, if you do uh, blogging and you need content, this is a great way to start and develop content. Calm in your heart, calm in your spirit. Settle in, dig into the Word of God, and God will begin to show you and open up to you uh, things that maybe you've never seen before, scriptures that as you're writing these things down, really give you some insight and some encouragement to develop that devotional time. Love for you to be able to give me some feedback. Let me know uh, what your thoughts are. What do you even do? Uh, Some tips and tricks that have helped you uh, to be able to go through this process and to study the Bible and to journal possibly even if that's something that you enjoy doing, share with us what your practice is. If you're interested in downloading the journal page, the example, you can go ahead and check it out in the show notes. As well, if you're interested in learning about social media mornings and how to uh, post a verse image to Instagram, uh, to social media, you can go to Matt Manny on YouTube. As well, I'd encourage you, if you want some great blog content, you could subscribe to my blog at mattmanny.com. Again, with the podcast of The Unmasked Life, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so you can go ahead and get the podcast delivered to you each and every time we release a new episode. Rate it so we can go ahead and be able to get uh, great um, uh, positioning on uh, the different podcast platforms that we have. And then also give us a review because other people, as they're looking for something that gives them some help and hope, as you write about what God is doing and how the podcast is helping you, other people say, hey, that's something worth investing my time in. I do want to say thank you so much. I don't take it lightly that you're listening to this episode. When you listen to these words, I realize you're giving, it's a transaction, you're giving me your time and your trust um, in, in just spending time letting me be there in your ears and trying to be an encouragement and help to you. With the, the Unmasked Life podcast, our goal is to be able to leverage our past to fulfill God's purpose in our lives and then be able to unmask our potential. And today we learn we can do that through spending time journaling. So I'd encourage you, set up a plan for tomorrow and be able to get something settled in and begin to write down what God is teaching in your life. I appreciate you. I love you. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch up with you next time as we talk about the Unmasked book that I wrote uh, just a couple months back and some concepts there dealing with shame and how to overcome the shame that says you're not enough. We'll really get a chance to dive in there and uh, be able to talk through Uh, unmasking uh, the, the shame that says you're not enough. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. 
You've been listening to the Unmasked Life Podcast. Join us next time for more great content that will help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential.